Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio, and I'm excited for today's guest is Katie Fleece. Welcome. Hello, hello. (laughs) I'm excited to bring you on. Right now, it's currently the end of 2022, and a lot of what we're going to talk today about is going to apply for like 2023 and jumpstarting your fitness goals. Mm. But Katie, why don't you chat more about who you are and what got you involved in coaching? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Katie Fleece. Like you said, you can find me on Instagram is where I hang out the most at fleece underscore fitness. Um, I'm a busy mom, a busy wife, business owner, all the things. I actually, I started out um, when I was in school in the fitness industry, mainly because at least the school that I went at, I uh, or I went to sports where there was not a lot of sports that they offered. It was a private school, very, very small school. And so, um, I was not an athlete. Like I, my, my two options were play basketball or play volleyball. Well, um, I was slow and I was short, I'm five foot tall. So (laughs) neither of those really worked out to my advantage. So actually that's, uh, back when like Tybo was a really big thing. And so I got involved in Tybo and that was like my thing. Like that was my thing that kept me active. And, um, I actually started teaching a aerobics class, um, that was kind of similar to like what the, the, what Tybo is. And then it moved into like step aerobics and, and all of the things that we like laugh at now, but are still so much fun. But anyways, um, so that's, I actually started in school, um, as a means to just kind of find my my outlet and and the rest is history. So it's something I've always done. Yeah, I've actually talked about Tybo on the podcast before. So my oh mom gosh. had those videos when I was growing up, and oh, I yes, like the VHS was in high tape. school. Yep, I was in high school <laughs> with the VHS tapes. Like some of the kicks, like I needed a chair to like kick as high as like he could kick. Billy Blank. Yep, so funny. Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> yeah. All those like quick cardio videos, like yes. seven minute abs or mm-hmm. fat burning circuits. Like I've done them all. Oh yes. Out. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. So fun. Oh my gosh. And so what would you say is like your primary way of like fitness now? Is it more group fitness or weight training? Mm-hmm. Like how's that transition? Yeah. So definitely weight training. Uh, you know, that's where it's at and that's, that's what I teach. And, and, um, that's really, truly how I've sculpted my body. I mean, obviously I started out in the group fitness world. I, you know, I, I taught group fitness. That's where I started and in group fitness is great. You know, I'm a big believer that, Hey, listen, like do something that you love, that you enjoy, like move your body, um, specifically for my goals and, you know, the, the goals of my clients, honestly, weight training is, is where it's at. And that's what we have found, but that's not to say everything else is bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what like made you want to make that transition? Cause I think that that can be hard for a lot of women going from the cardio group fitness into resistance training. Mm-hmm. Cause I know a lot of women can be scared of like getting too big. So like, what was that mm-hmm. pivot for you? Like, 
Yeah. You know what? I think too, it's just like what we were taught growing up. It's like the way our brains are wired, like for whatever reason, at least when I was growing up, weight training for women wasn't a thing. Like, you know, it was like cardio, cardio, cardio. There was like ladies only gyms and it was full of, you know, cardio equipment. There was curves. I don't know if you remember those or Mm -hmm. if that was just an Indiana thing. I don't know, but, but it was all like cardio based and it's like, at least I grew up with the, you know, just the mentality of like cardio is king, right? Like that's what you do to get in shape. You know, you had the Jane Fonda and the, you know, all of the things. And, um, I just, you know, after years and years of doing that and teaching that I realized like, well, cardio is actually not going to get me to my goals. Like nothing against cardio. Cardio is great. Um, but it's not going to get me to the desired, you know, tone that I'm after. And so that's really when, um, I think I would say early two thousands is kind of when, you know, women started lifting a little bit, like Mm -hmm. you heard a little bit more about it. You know, I would watch like the figure competitors that was kind of just starting out as, as a thing anyways, that I heard about. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. They didn't, they didn't do that on the treadmill. So, (laughs) so how did they actually do that? And, and so that's kind of where it, where it all began, I would say, then I did start lifting weights and that's really, truly when I noticed my body composition just totally changed, uh, which yeah. was really, really cool and fun to see. Um, but I think still to this day, it's, there's so many times, so many women that have that mindset of, oh, well, I want to get in shape. So I'm going to go do the Stairmaster for 30 minutes, you know, and it's like, wait, 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 wait what are your goals again? Like, let's, let's walk through this, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm a huge advocate for weight training. Like, I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions of women and lifting. Like Mm -hmm. I did gymnastics growing up and I can vaguely remember a coach telling me when I was doing calf raises that I need to not load them with weight because I want long and lean Mm. muscles and I don't want the big bulky muscles, Uh but, um, yeah. And ironically enough, I actually had a fitness pro was another coach of mine. Cause I did go to several different gyms. It's just how it was. Yeah. And, um, she was super jacked. I mean, she was on the Arnold stage, Olympia stage. Oh, and wow. she would tell me the opposite. She's like, you don't eat, eat enough and you need to lift weights. Uh-huh. And that was my first introduction to the gym and she kicked yeah. my ass and it was, yeah. um, it kind of really intimidated me and scared me in a way, yeah. but it's just funny because that's exactly what I needed. I actually needed someone to tell me to eat more and to lift more. And I think I wasn't ready for that messaging, which is totally valid. I was like 15 at the time, but, um, yeah, she got me out of that, like cardio mindset and realizing like, I'm actually like, I need to gain more muscle because I Mm -hmm. will one, be a better athlete, but two, I'm going to look a lot better because she looked like super impressive too. I mean, of course she's like super high level, Um, but she could still do all the skills. She had kids as well. And I was like, wow, like my, my fitness doesn't have to be over just as I get older. Yes. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I would say now, like my husband and I both, you know, we're in in the best shape of our lives that we've ever been in. And it's, it's like too, I think I hear a lot of this. I'm sure you do as well. It's like, oh, well, I, you know, I hit 30 and everything went downhill or I, I hit 40 and everything went downhill. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, hang on a second. Like, did it really, like, is it really your age or is it actually just poor lifestyle choices? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And 
going into kind of our topic of today of common excuses that people can, can name that hold them back from starting their fitness journey. Like mm-hmm. both you and I get that, like we're, we were all a beginner, right? Like yeah. it wasn't like yes. easy when we first started and we've all had our own challenges that we've had to overcome, but we have to also kind of sit down and give ourselves some of that tough love of, is this really a problem or am I just refusing to find a solution? Right. Right. hundred percent. So let's go through some of those excuses. So one yeah, of them <laughs> is, is time. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? You know what this, I think this is a, um, this is an interesting one because like, I feel like we live in a society where everybody's like, oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. And they, they like say that as almost like a, they deserve a gold medal or something. You know what I mean? Like being busy is a good thing. And what I've really found just with working with clients and even in my own life is yes, I understand. You know, we do have busy schedules. I get it. Like I mentioned, I'm, I'm a mom. Both my kids are in competitive sports and we travel literally all the time. We have sports every single weekend, but at the end of the day, if something is really important to you, you will figure out a way to make time for it, you know, mm-hmm. period, end of story. Actually, I saw something on, um, oh my gosh, you know what? I think I actually screenshotted it. I will have to, I'll have to find that, but it's, it's something like, you know, you say you don't have time. However, you had time, you know, you, somehow you carved enough time out to watch three episodes of your favorite next Netflix series, you know, or, you know, you say you don't have time. However, you hit the snooze button six times, or, you know, it's, it's like, if, if something is truly that important to you, you'll figure it out. And, you know, I think people too just kind of use that as a, as, as like the gold standard, like, well, I'm busy, you know, so I don't have time to get in shape. Well, actually, you know, I'm going to challenge you on that because your health is all that you have. So without your health, you don't have time. So Mm -hmm. let's figure out a way to uh, incorporate it into your schedule. I, I think too, like a lot of people just assume that you have to have like two hours to spend at the gym and you have to have, you know, three hours every Sunday to meal prep. And I mean, of course those things are fine and you can do those things, but you don't have to, you know, like at the end of the day, something is better than nothing. So that may mean a 10 minute walk. If that is all that you can get in, like that is better than zero steps. You know, it's just, it's really all about just, just making it fit, making it work, you know? Yeah. And I think reducing those expectations, like you're not going to be the person that needs to be like the fitness influencer, like right. that's 20 years old that has like not a whole lot of priority, yeah. not a lot of priorities, but she doesn't have as many responsibilities. So yeah. maybe you go three times a week and yeah. maybe you stick with the easy, easy to go meals where you don't have to do these like fresh celery juices and make your food so beautiful. Like my, my food looks super boring. Like I don't spend a whole lot of time cooking or even finding ways to save time, like a meal prep service company. Like there's solutions again to these problems. So many solutions, so many solutions. And, you know, I think too, it it always, I, I get that asked a lot. Um, just like, well, what do you eat Katie? Or like, how do you meal prep? And I think a lot of people, uh, are almost shocked when I say like, I, first of all, I can't cook. So I do not meal prep like period ever, (laughs) you know, and, and we do, we eat out on the road a lot, but you know what? It's like one of those things where 
I'm not, uh, I just have to make better choices <laughs> and there's always options. You know, there's always options. That doesn't mean I'm going to get a, you know, McDonald's McChicken and a large fry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like sometimes that means like, I mean, I'm not saying those are bad. I actually love yeah. McChickens with mayonnaise only. I'm just saying, but you know what I mean? Like if you don't have a lot of time, it's, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Like nobody does, honestly, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's making it, making it fit. Like you said, whether that's, you know, starting out two days a week in the gym for 30 minutes and then eventually building on that and, you know, or ordering, yeah, ordering food from a food prep service. Like there's all sorts of things that you can do to actually save time. Yeah. I think it's also good to kind of reflect on what are my non-negotiables for myself and Mm -hmm. what are the things that I'm allowing to be negotiable. So like for, for me, like I was just telling you this before we started recording, like doing my makeup is like a non-negotiable for me. Like yeah. it just makes me feel good. That's yeah. what I like to do in the morning. Um, another non-negotiable for me is like walking my dogs or yeah. getting my workout in, um, getting my steps in. But I think yes. a lot of people have their headspace in the wrong spot for some of these non-negotiables, like mm-hmm. maybe watching their show for an hour and a half. Maybe it's, um, I don't want to say sitting and watching your kids at their sports is wrong, but you should be able to get up and walk around and move around instead, you know? So like little things that could be switched, um, but people are making it too flexible where they're like, Oh, priority list, but me and my fitness goals is at the bottom. Yeah. You know, you're exactly right. And I'm, I'm glad that you even brought up the whole sports thing, because again, like I said, I mean, it is, we are full blown cheer and basketball season right now. And so, you know, there, you don't have to sit in the bleachers, even just standing and and watching is going to be a big difference because you're moving your body. You're moving around or when your kids at practice, like get your steps in, you know, that doesn't mean that you have to sit there the entire time. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, like, especially for us busy moms, sometimes that is what we have to do. But again, it's, it's like, if it's important to you, then you'll, you'll do what you have to do. Yeah. I actually, as an athlete, like I liked seeing parents move around and yes. seeing my parents move around. Cause like, I feel like parents look bored, like when they're just kind of sitting right. there because <laughs> naturally you can kind of get tired and stuff, just kind of watching. Yeah. But if you are up and moving and interacting, like yes. you're going to like one, enjoy it the time more. Cause it can be repetitive, but you just looked more engaged, which I think can make a huge difference. Right. For sure. For sure. Okay. So talking about family, I feel like family is another big excuse that I hear often and I don't have children. So Mm -hmm. I definitely want to like give the ball more in your court of like hearing that as an excuse. Well, first of all, I think one of the absolute best things that you can give your children is your health. I mean, period. Um, actually I would say arguably probably the most important thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I talked to so many moms and dads that, will say things like, you know, my children are following in my footsteps and I hate it. You know, like my 13 year old daughter needs to lose about 50 pounds because she's following in my footsteps. She's, she's eating the way I'm eating. She's not moving her body because she sees me not moving my body. And I want to change that. And so I want to, um, I I first want to start off with that. My children, um, and, and, by all means, I am not the perfect parent. Oh my gosh. You can ask my husband, you can ask my children. But one thing I do pride myself on is my children know how important my health is to me. And in turn, they are learning those habits. 
you know, my daughter's never heard me call myself fat. Not once, not once. Yeah. And in turn, she's actually, she'll say things like, mom, take my picture. I look so strong right now, <laughs> you know? And, and I love that, you know, she's 10. That is a very vulnerable age. And I feel confident with the way that I am raising them because I know that when they get older, they're also going to develop those habits. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you are a parent listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, my kids are, are picking up on all the habits they are. They are watching every move that you make. The other thing too, is that I hear from, from moms, especially are things like, well, I feel selfish. I feel Mm -hmm. selfish for taking time away from my children to get a workout in. And I'm like, oh no, no, no. Let's flip the script there, girlfriend. Because every time you do take care of yourself, think about it as actually adding time to your lifespan with them, you know? it is not selfish. In fact, I think it's completely opposite. It's like, you know, it's, I personally feel like it's selfish not to take care of yourself so that you can be around for them so that you can have the energy to keep up with them so that you can, you know, live to see your grandkids and be at their, all of their youth sports, you know, like I, I get it. And I understand where that's coming from. And I think just as women too, that's just kind of how we're wired. Like anytime we try to do something for ourselves, it's like deemed as selfish, but it's absolutely not. It's it's not, you know? Yeah. I mean, I even think that there's power in your kids gaining some independence. I'm not saying like a baby by any means, but like if you're eight, 10 years old, like it's okay to be bored and to like read a book and do something that's not so engaging and having your alone time. I would, when I was alone as a kid, I felt like the most creative in all this. And I, I I loved like building things and yeah, I loved it. I mean, (laughs) probably why I have like my dream job now I get to be alone. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think that like, even like if your kids are really young and they need that supervision, you can keep them engaged in the at-home workout. You can have them, you know, even in their bouncy chair, like right by you, if you need to keep an eye on them, like there's still solutions to that problem. There's even gyms that have like really nice kid centers, like a lot of like really nice, like play equipment and stuff. I'm like, as a kid, I would have loved that, but you know, my yeah. parents didn't work out. They never set that right. example for me. Right. Yeah. I mean, get them involved, you know, like my kids don't go to the gym with me, but physical fitness is very important to their life. And my son's to the age, he's almost 14 now where he, um, you know, he will ask to go get in a workout. Like, Hey mom, you want to work out? And I'm like, literally that is like it, nothing melts my heart more <laughs> yeah. you know, when, when my kid says that, or, mm-hmm. you know, um, in fact, this was last fall break. It was fall break. 2021. Like, I don't know. We were, we were in Mexico and we were waiting on our, our dinner table. And both of my kids literally said, mom, we just love that you're so healthy and so active. And I like legit started like tearing up because I was like, just hearing that I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I really am. They are literally watching me so closely. And I can assure you that they do your children will appreciate the heck out of you. Yeah. You it's not, it's not do. like the opposite where they're like, no. Oh, you're, you're working out mom. You're no. so selfish. Like they've probably never, ever said that to you. Never. Not once, not once, you know? Yeah. And I think too, like not even the children, um, because 
obviously they are a very important, actually they're, they're probably my number one reason why I, I do, you know, take care of myself. I want to be around for them, but I also know that a lot of, um, females in particular, not just females, but, but the majority of the time it is females. They, um, will talk about like having an unsupportive spouse mm-hmm. and, you know, my answer to that is, honestly, it's the way you present it. And I think too, it's, it's not the fact that, you know, they're an asshole or whatever. I mean, it could be, but, but most of the time it's because they've heard you talk about this. They've heard you talk about getting in shape and investing in a coach and all of this so many times. And they just see you constantly breaking promises to yourself, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's not that they don't support you. They just don't believe you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because you've said it so many times. And so what I would say to that is, I would, I would literally say to them, Hey, listen, I am not asking for your permission. I don't, I don't need your permission to take care of my health, to take care of my body. But what I am asking is for your support. Like, I want you to support me in this journey because obviously I need a lot of it. And without your support, it's going to be a lot harder for me to do this. So, I mean, it, it, I mean, you literally just tell them that, like, I'm not asking for your permission. I'm asking for your support, babe, you know? Yeah. And I think when they can see that it can enhance your life, then they'll be on board. I see this a lot. Like I compete in bodybuilding shows now, and I actually see a lot of competitors that go about it in a negative way. Like they complain, they don't enjoy it. They're kind of miserable. Yeah. And I'm like, well, of course they're not going to be supportive of you because how is that enhancing your life? You know? Right when they see that it does bring value to your life. Cause my husband doesn't compete. He has no interest in ever competing, but mm-hmm. he is so supportive because he sees how it makes me happy. Like yeah. he's even gotten to the point where he's like, can I buy a backstage pass and like help hold bands or something to oh, help that's you get so ready? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he just wants to be involved, but that's because I've also involved him and I've educated him and I've shared yes. like why this is important to me, but I've also respected like, Hey, if he doesn't have an interest in, this or that, that's okay too. Cause at the end of the day, like this is my passion and this is for me. Yes. Yes. I love the fact that you're involving him, you know, like that's amazing. Doesn't mean he has to be a bodybuilder. It just, you know, like that when you do, I think too, like with husbands, like when you do get them involved, they, they feel like they're a part of your journey or of your Mm -hmm. journey. They feel like, you know, an important necessity, you know, and they are. Mm -hmm. And I think that for men that aren't as, I don't want to say as fit, but like they just, don't have an interest in fitness right. sometimes it can be more of that insecurity because it's yeah, kind of like of course yeah you know it just comes down to stereotypes but um again just making them also feel appreciated regardless of the choices they decide to make like you know going back to uh, my husband he eats doritos sometimes and oreos often and i'm like yeah. i'm not going to comment on it because he knows what he's doing and i know right. what i'm yep. doing you know so it's like you guys can still be supportive of each other and it doesn't have to be like, um, a rivalry by any means. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. All right. Next one's going to be friends. And I feel like this one impacts more so younger people Mm -hmm. with like, you know, some of the alcohol temptations or whatever it might be, but what are your thoughts on that excuse? (laughs) Well, you know, uh, Oh, what are my thoughts on that excuse? Well, First of all, I think anytime, especially in the weight loss industry, I'm telling you, and I'm sure you've seen this with your clients and maybe even your, your own personal journey, 
there's a lot of friends, quote unquote friends that will give you their unsolicited advice, you know, and, mm -hmm. and um, give you their opinions and they will try to project their um, insecurities on you, you know, and, and um, just make you feel almost feel bad for taking care of yourself. Um, I haven't experienced a lot of that um, because I think just, you know, I've, I've, this is something I've always been involved in. It's not been like anything new. My friends know what to expect, you know what I mean? But in particular with like, I have one client and she was on a journey to lose a hundred pounds. Um, she did it obviously and looks amazing, feels amazing, but she got so much feedback from friends, you know, saying that, oh my gosh, you're obsessed. You're too skinny. You're, you know, you're too this, you're too that. And the thing is, you know, you, you really just got to kind of step back and ask yourself, like, are they really your friend? Number one, because if they were, they would be cheering you on and they would love everything that, you know, you're doing and they would support you in it. Um, but also, I think it's, it's interesting because when people are overweight, friends do not comment. They don't say mm -hmm. a word when people start losing weight and start, you know, really making a difference in their bodies and in their health. And then the way they, they live and the choices they make all of a sudden, that's when the comments start coming out. <laughs> yeah. you know it depends on the group too i mean if you have of a group course. of people that smoke and drink and then you get yes. someone that wants to become sober mm. they are they start to get insecure because they're like well why can this person still hang with us and be sober and like be okay with it when i'm not okay with it right right and and again i think it all goes back to like just you know, if, if they have their own insecurities, they are naturally just going to project those on mm -hmm. you. And, and I would say to, if, if you're listening to this and you're struggling with that, just know that it's, it's not a you problem. It's a yeah. them problem, you know? Yeah. You should start to like change your circle, honestly, with time as you yes. evolve and change, like that's normal. And I think that can be really painful as an adult because mm -hmm. I think being an adult, it's hard to make friends in general. Mm -hmm. um, but the more you get involved in this space, I mean, I've completely changed my circle of friends where mm -hmm. we do have a lot of common traits. A lot of my friends are actually online coaches too, yeah. um, where they do coaching, they, they train, they uh, care about their fitness goals. It's not weird if one of us wants to bring food or bring a protein shake or whatever. Right. And I like that group compared to the group that I was surrounded with a couple of years ago yeah. where, you know, you do get teased for not drinking or you do get teased yeah. for wanting to leave early and wake up earlier yeah. the next day. So, yeah. um, understand like, Hey, like your friends should be supportive of you and they shouldn't be judgmental. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, the, the thing is too, like never feel bad for outgrowing somebody, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it happens all the time, especially in adulthood and you should never apologize for that. That doesn't mean you're better than them. It doesn't mean they're bad. It just means like your priorities no longer align and that's okay. Yeah. It's just like a season. It's like, yeah, it's, that's okay. it served its purpose and now we're going somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Let's talk about, we talked about time, family, friends, now work as an excuse. And this will probably be more gauged like towards the traditional nine to five, I would say those kind of hours, yeah. but I do hear that often with like work is the reason why I can't, you know, chase my fitness goals. 
Yeah. You know, I hear a lot of that too. And, and um, I think it all goes kind of back to what we were talking about as, as far as like time, having the time and making the time. And I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, again, it's, in fact, my husband, he works with the male side of our business and um, he is, works with this one individual in particular. And, um, you know, he was relying on, well, the first two weeks of his program, he sucked. I'm just going to be totally honest. He was not doing very well and it's okay. He knows I love him if he's listening to this, but, um, you know, he'd go to work and then he'd, he'd try to get his workout in afterwards. And it just kept, he kept skipping it. It just, it wasn't happening because he was exhausted. Like most of us are at the end of the day, when we've, we've just put in an eight hours of work and he just wasn't getting it in. And my husband says, okay, like, why don't we flip that? Can you set your alarm? Like, what time do you get up? Okay, can you get up an hour earlier? And um, he's like, okay, I'll give it a whirl. You know, I'm not a morning person, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a whirl. And you know, my husband says to him, like, listen, if this is really important to you, like, you paid us money. I'm here to help you and try to figure out how to make this work into your schedule. So if it's really important to you, which I think it is, because you've already invested, you've already said yes. So let's figure out a make a way to make it work. They flipped, you know, he flipped his schedule. He works out four days a week now before he goes into work. And I'm telling you that first month he lost 13 pounds <laughs> or no, sorry, 14 pounds. And it's, and he loves it. And he's like, not only that, he's like, I feel like I'm more productive throughout the day and I'm not exhausted when I get home. So I can spend time, you know, with my wife and, and not feel like I just, I'm crashing and burning, you know, and it's, it's mm-hmm. all about, he even said, he's like, it's just it's all about priority and it's all about choices and, you know, show me your bank account and I'll show you what's important to you. You know what I mean? It's so true. You know, I call that the, the five to nine before the nine to five. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's still a good amount of time too. And I I think a lot of people love their sleep, but you'll actually find that you'll sleep better. The more that you're active you'll get more done. You'll have more downtime. So you'll actually feel more rested and relaxed and you can become a morning person. So it's totally possible. I think too, like, honestly, I've seen this a million times and I see that we work with a lot of business professionals, CEOs, business owners, that type of thing. And one thing that rings true across the board, and this might sound crazy, is they are typically, they make more money when they are in better shape because it's like they've developed that discipline in their body. You know what I mean? And so that Mm -hmm. discipline of taking care of themselves carries into their day-to-day job, their business, their whatever, their team, if they're a leader, like they just show up better and they produce more, which in turn, honestly, will typically lead to actually a bigger income. So it's kind of like, Hey, I mean, what do you got to lose? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know? I can actually think of a handful of clients where I'm like, yep, that definitely rings yep, true. So true. So true. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about age. Cause this is a big one with, you know, oh, it's too late or can I even really make progress? What are your thoughts? Oh my gosh. I'm laughing because I just made a post about this, um, a week or two ago and it was so funny because it was pretty bold. Um, but the comments that I got were just amazing. Um, 
And, you know, I hear things all the time, like I was saying earlier, like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm over the age of 50, like, and now my my metabolism went to shit and all of this stuff. And it's always like, I always just kind of chuckle to myself because I'm like, all right, I, I, you just told me what your lifestyle looks like. You just told me what your diet looks like. You just told me that you don't work out at all. Like, no, honey, it's not your age. (laughs) Okay. Mm-hmm. You know it's what I mean? Not your metabolism, you know. It's not your metabolism. It's like a hundred percent lifestyle choices. And um, actually, those are my favorite kind of people to work with because it's like for so long they've just kind of chucked it up to, oh, well, I'm over 40. So this isn't gonna work. This is just my body now. Like this is just how it works. And of course, things change as you get older. Of course they do, but there's also a lot that we can control that mm-hmm. are just that, w- that we don't, that are just chalked up to age. And it's just simply yeah. true. It's, you know, hashtag science. <laughs> I think the other thing too, is like, don't take that as a trigger. If someone's like, oh, you're 60, it's not too late. Cause I think a lot of people can shut down. They're like, what do you mean? Um, look at that as like being optimistic. Like that should mm. be exciting to you that someone is saying, no, it's not too late. Like is your heart still beating? No, like then it's not too late. There's something that you can do. And as we get older, as women, we want to make sure that we're lifting to keep our bones strong Mm. because, you know, falling and getting sick is so high as we continue to get older with the loss of your menstrual cycle going into menopause. So we got to take care of our bones. It's not just about aesthetics at that point. It's just about your overall quality of life. A hundred percent osteoporosis, you know, like, um, even certain cancers, actually the same woman that I just told you about, um, that lost, you know, over a hundred pounds, like breast cancer runs in her family. She's in her fifties. Um, and she lost a hundred pounds when she was in her fifties. Um, and a year later, after she went back to the doctor, she reduced her risk of breast cancer by 67% Mm -hmm. just by taking care of herself. And I'm like, hello, if, you know, to me, that's even more important than losing the weight. You know, there's so much that we can reverse no matter our age. It's, it's incredible. You know, I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that, you know, or, all, all of the things, high blood pressure medicine, you know, high cholesterol, like, you know, heart disease, risk of cancer, osteoporosis, you know, type two diabetes, all of that can be controlled with lifestyle choices, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously the physical, you know, thing, you know, that the physical aspect of, of taking care of yourself is obviously awesome too, but it's, it's things like that, that are actually like, will add years to your life. That's yeah. impactful. I think the picture that we have for our older population is also kind of corrupted in a way because we've normalized in the society to drink a lot, to smoke a lot, Mm -hmm. to eat a lot of processed foods, to, you know, weigh a higher amount, like being obese. And we've normalized that, that when we do see a fit and healthy older person, it's almost like novelty, right? It's like, like, wow, they look so good, but they're 70, they're 80. What? And it's like, well, that person walks with good posture and that person has muscle mass and that person does, you know, glow and have this vibrant energy because they were taking care of themselves and you can have that too. But the thing is, is we unfortunately have a lot of poor role models in a way and not saying that like you know random people need to be role models but it's what we're shown so that's what we believe when you can be the exception oh yes I mean I mean you know I know you live in Florida I live in Indiana I think Indiana is like the second or third most obese obese state 
and it's like, yeah, it's just, we're, we're immune to it, you know, like that's just the norm now. And so, you know, you're exactly right. Like we're just exposed to it all day long. And so when people walk around like that, it's almost like they joke about it or they laugh about it. Like, oh my God, you know, I got, I got my beer gut or, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's not funny. Yeah. It's not funny at all, actually, because you're, you're literally killing yourself. Yeah. And that's, what's hard for people to hear is like the hard stuff of like, this does kill people. It's one of the biggest killers is not taking care of yourself. Yes. So it's, um, let's move on to genetics. Cause I, Mm -hmm. one thing I wanted to comment on is I, if you were to have a snapshot of my picture, like of my family, I do not have the quote unquote best genetics, but what is getting overlooked is the habit. So a lot of my family is two, 300 pounds, heart disease, type two diabetes. They, they definitely aren't the picture of health. God bless their heart. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've completely gone a different direction and my body reflects differently. My health markers reflect differently because I've taken care of myself. And yeah. I think a lot of people, again, looking at what's around you, you can think it's my genetics. This is why I am the way I am, yeah. but I really don't think anyone's body wants to be unhealthy. No. Um, you know, I I'm very similar to you. My genetics suck quite honestly. Like they just do. It's, uh, there's a lot of cancer, a lot of type two diabetes, heart disease, like all of the things. I mean, even in my, my own father, my grandmother, my grandparents, I, uh, my, the men in my dad's family, my dad is, uh, let's see, 64 years old. And he is considered old. Like he, all of the men in his family have passed away in their fifties, you know, in early, early sixties last year, he buried his, his brother. Um, you know, I actually just went to a funeral for an uncle on my mom's side of the family yesterday, 52 years old, you know, um, that shit just runs in my genetics for me. That's one of the biggest drivers of why I actually take this so seriously because I know I don't have the best genetics, you know, but there's so many things that you can control that are genetic, you know? Um, and, and so to me, like, that's just actually what drives me even more, you know, I'm five foot tall. (laughs) I'm naturally stocky. If I didn't take care of myself, I would be 250 pounds. I mean, really, truly that's, that's how my side of the family should just built, you know, Um, and, uh, so yeah, for me, that's just, to me, it's a, it's a big driver. It's a motivation. Yeah. Yeah, And that's not to say that there isn't a genetic component. You know, there's definitely families that I know run super tall and more slender. There's families I know that have way more muscle mass, you know, like mom, dad, or Jack, the kids are jacked. It's like, wow, you're lucky. Um, (laughs) there's definitely a genetic component, but you should, instead of being the default of this is my genetics, why not challenge them instead? Uh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And so that's why I, I kind of laugh when, um, I mean, even people will make comments to me, like, you know, must be nice. You, you must, you've got genetics. You're just a fr-. And I'm like, uh, oh yeah, I've got genetics. You should see my family tree <laughs> because yeah. it's not a good one. I mean, of course I love my family, but, but the genetics there are not good ones, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, if, would I like to be five, eight with long slender, you know, le- of course I would, but it's, that's not going to happen, you know, but, um, I do, I do think so many people kind of use it as a, 
uh, route to just say, oh, well, this is how I am. It's in my mm-hmm. DNA. You know, like, yeah. hold up. Like, you know, you're just like throwing in the towel without it ever even trying because you're blaming your freaking genetics. Yeah. Again, yeah. maximize your potential, yes. see how far you can go. And mm-hmm. you're going to end up saving yourself a lot of money from prescriptions. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's like, you've heard, you've heard this before. It's like you either invest now in your health or you invest later and you invest by hospital stays and medications and, you know, things that you're trying to treat that obviously all of this time actually could have been preventable, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's interesting too. I mean, I've done a whole podcast about that topic with my assistant coach, cause she's a nurse and there's just not enough talk about prevention in the first place. And it's more so just a transactional of what's the problem. Here's a pill. Okay. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it, it's, um, funny you brought that up because I actually was just saying the other day, like media has this, which I think is great. Um, but they have this, they paint this picture of, you know, love yourself as you are and love the skin that you're in. And, and yes, I, obviously I agree with that. And, and I a hundred percent think that you need to love yourself because at the end of the day, if you don't love yourself, then you're not going to love yourself, you know, when you're at your goal weight period in the story, but it's like, they've painted this picture to where it's almost like they make it okay to not take care of yourself because, oh, I love the skin that I'm in. You know what I mean? And um, I had a nurse actually comment on that post and she was like, oh my gosh, Katie, thank you for having the balls to say this because as an ICU nurse, I can't tell you how many times I I see people in the ICU with problems that are related to lifestyle choices. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's because, you know, it's just like the media has painted this picture of, oh, this is normal. This is how it should be, you know, don't and, want to hurt anyone's um, feelings, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. You don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think when it comes to the point too, of like, you know, you can definitely love your body and, mm-hmm. you know, be any size, yes. but when it comes to it affecting every aspect of your life where you can't play with your kids and you can't sit in certain chairs comfortably and you can't go to a theme park without having discomfort. Like when it's impacting all these things where it's like, well, I'd love to go on that trip, but I can't because then I have to get an airplane, you know, it's like, Oh my gosh, like let's reflect a little bit. I even have people who couldn't come to my wedding going back to my family because they couldn't get on the airplane, you know? And it's like, that's just really disappointing because it, just came back to taking care of your body. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the thing. It's like, you know, I'm not saying like you have to be a size two or hell, even a size oh, no. six for that matter, you know, cause most people, like, there's a lot of people that just will never be a size six. That's okay. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's like, you know, if you're a size 18, but you're healthy, then mm-hmm. that's amazing. You know what I mean? Like if, if you're actually making better lifestyle choices. So like the, you're taking care of your insides, you know what I mean? Like that's actually what matters. Yep. You know, I don't, I honestly don't even think everyone has like the structure to be like a size zero size two. No, no. (laughs) Like there, I mean, there's literally, like, it's literally impossible for some people, you know what I mean? Like, it's like honey, your bones, like your bones are not going to allow that. And that's okay. Because that's perfect. You know, that's amazing, you know? Let's go to the biggest one for me, at least. And that is, I don't have the motivation. 
<laughs> well, neither do I, if I'm being totally honest. Um, oh yeah, this is a great one. Actually, this is, I feel like this is a question. Probably the, the question that I get asked the most often, how do you stay motivated? And mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, well, I don't, uh, first yeah. of all, you know, like literally even just this morning, I sat in my car for probably 10 minutes before ever walking into the gym. Um, and most mornings are like that, but at the end of the day, it comes down to one word and that's discipline. You know, yep. you have to develop the discipline. If you can be disciplined, that means, you know, doing the things that you don't necessarily want to do and doing them, you know, even though you know it's required of you, but you're not really motivated to do them, that's when you're going to see the results. But also, having said that too, I think action also creates motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you start putting in the work and you start seeing the results and you start taking that action, you're going to actually be a lot more motivated than if you were sitting on the couch, eating a bag of Cheetos, watching Netflix, and then wondering why nothing's happening for you. Of course, you're not going to feel motivated right then, <laughs> yeah. you know? So I think action does definitely create motivation. But at the end of the day, just because you wake up and, you know, you're not motivated to, you know, get your steps in or get a workout in, or you're not motivated to, you know, make healthy choices, that doesn't mean you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It just means, oh, okay, I'm human and I'm not motivated today. <laughs> yeah. I think people want to be automatic too, as a beginner. And yeah. when you're a beginner, it's not automatic. It's a lot of like mental self-talk of at this time I have to go and a lot of organization. Mm-hmm. And then over time it can start to become more automatic. And I use the comparison of like brushing your teeth in the morning, like mm-hmm. as a kid, like, you know, your parents had to drag you to the bathroom to do it and they watched you and, you know, it was a pain mm-hmm. in their ass to do it. And it was a pain in your butt to do it. But over time you were like, I don't want cavities. I don't want my teeth to mm-hmm. rot out of my head and I want my teeth to be white. So I'm going to brush my teeth. Do I enjoy doing this? I don't think anyone enjoys doing it, but you do it anyway, because you see the value and there you go. Um, and that's what we have to look at fitness too, is it's a form of self-care. It's just like brushing the teeth. It's just like taking a shower. These are things that we're not motivated to do, but we do them because they, we know that it's crucial for our health. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it does, you know, I think over time, and you're probably the same way. It's just like part of my life now. It's just, it's literally like brushing my teeth. (laughs) Like it's just part of who I am. It's part of my life. And also understand that, you know, I get it. Not everybody's going to love working out like I do, especially if you're a beginner, like it's, it's freaking hard in the beginning, you know, but eventually once you stack habit on top of habit, on top of habit, habit, and you stay consistent with those habits, it literally will become easier and easier and easier. And before you know it, it's just who you are. (laughs) It's, it's part of your life, just like your day-to-day, everything else that you do, you know, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, making your bed or whatever. It's just, it becomes, it becomes more natural, the more consistent you stay. It's good to reflect too on things that you're not motivated to do that you do anyway for yourself. So like that could even be going to your job. You know, I don't think a lot of people are super (laughs) passionate about their job, but they go anyway because they need that paycheck. So go get your money. Um, (laughs) But you you do it anyway, or, you know, these are things that you're able to overcome. So like, why can't you seem to overcome this? Like you can, it's just, 
you've realized again that that this goal is negotiable so that's why you're kind of leaning yeah. into that experience mm. Ooh, i love that yeah this goal is negotiable and that's the thing too it's just like you know i know I personally, there are certain things every single day that are non-negotiables for me. And I treat it, you know, just like an important, you know, doctor's appointment or whatever. And I'm sure you've heard that and it sounds corny, but it's so true, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you can really start looking at your health as like, no, this is actually a non-negotiable for me. Like I'm, this isn't, this is a necessity. Like I have to do this in order to survive. Um, again, just, you know, staying consistent with that and staying consistent with your non-negotiables and your workouts and your steps and your whatever, eventually it is going to become a lot easier. And that discipline will develop, will develop over time. You may not develop it in two weeks. You may not develop it in two months. Let's be honest, you know, but if you stick with it, (laughs) then it does become easier. Yeah. I really feel like the moral of the story, even with this podcast is the more that you can continue to show up for yourself and prove Mm -hmm. to yourself that these are genuinely excuses and that this is not like your forever that you'll realize like, wow, I was so silly for blaming X, Y, and Z. And I totally had the power to take action and really change my life. Oh my gosh. Yes. One thing that I say all the time too, is like your past is your past. It's not a life sentence. So if you've, you know, up until this point, like you're like, well, shoot, I just like wasted half my life by not taking care of my health. That's okay. It's in the past. It's history. You can change it. You know, you have the power to change it. Or, you know, maybe, maybe you were there at one point and then you had kids and married and, you know, all of this, these things. And you feel like you're at a point where you're starting over. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Recognize that. Yeah. That saying of that's how I've always been, you know, it's like, uh-huh. okay, but you, you don't have to stay there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Katie, where can people find you if they're wanting to get more into contact or maybe shoot you a DM? Like where's the best yeah. place to find you at? Yeah. Like I said, in the beginning, I hang out mostly on IG. So that's, uh, you can find me over there at fleece F L E E C E. That's my last name, um, underscore fitness or on uh, Facebook at Fleece Fitness. So those are probably the two places I hang out the most. I do post on TikTok, but I do not hang out on TikTok. So (laughs) you shoot me a DM over there, to be quite honest. I don't even know where the inbox is on TikTok. So (laughs) (laughs) no worries on that. Well, thank you again, Katie, for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, girl. Here on Beyond the Bikini, we talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be challenging to hit your fitness goals on your own. There is so much out there when it comes to working out, hitting your nutrition, and finding the plan that's right for you and your goals. Now, one thing that can make that a lot easier is hiring a coach and getting support towards your goals. I'm happy to say that I do offer online health and fitness coaching. I have plans that vary from support with training and nutrition and just your nutrition, and I even offer challenges throughout the year. If that sounds like something you're interested in, make sure you check out that description box down below. You can also find more details on my coaching services at NicoleFerrierFitness.com or even on Instagram at NicoleFerrierFitness. All right, now back to the episode.